the total black experience in sound in stereo. Why do you think NBA players are more active socially than other athletes? I think that sense of um, an obligation, social responsibility, a desire to speak up directly about issues that are important to them was something that has been passed down from generation to generation among our players. I think what my job becomes is making sure that they feel safe, frankly. We make clear to them that freedom of political speech, we want them to be multi-dimensional people and fully participated citizens. What's important for people in the NBA is they know that that's an opportunity provided to them and that ultimately it's an environment that facilitates it and that they know that they have important things to say. There are plenty of opportunities to say them. Yeah, I had to start this episode off with uh, Adam Silver, the NBA's commissioner, he's the ambassador for the owners. I had to start off with him laying the groundwork on what the NBA believes its players are allowed to do. And you just heard him. He said, we want them to speak freely on social justice issues and political issues. We have no issue with that. That's the culture of the NBA. So the NBA planted to see the basketball in China in the late 80s. It blew up big time, right? Now, in order to get them racks out of China, you got to play by China's rules. China is a communist regime, dictatorship, and Hong Kong is in a fight with China for democracy. So the protesters are basically being persecuted. So when Houston Rockets GM Daryl Morey tweeted support for Hong Kong's protesters against China, who are having human rights issues, I expected to hear Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, all the people who are woke in America, I expected them to really stand up and support this guy. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Yes, my lord. We saw them practicing with each other. Their kung fu is first class. So I couldn't understand why Steve Kerr was kind of babbling and not really being his vocal self. And this is one of the wokest motherfuckers out here. I couldn't understand it. Let's hear Steve Kerr, who had the blessings from Adam Silver to talk about anything. Let's see what he got to say. Steve, obviously the big story in the league right now is you know, Daryl Morey's tweet and everything going on with China. Do you have any thoughts on uh, that situation? Um, actually, I don't. I mean, it's a, it's a really... It's a, Really bizarre international story, and um, a lot of us are, you know, don't know what to make of it. So um, it's, it's something I'm reading about, and, uh, just like everybody is. But I'm not going to comment further. This motherfucker ain't have a word to say. That struck me as odd. <clears throat> And it struck the president, Donald Trump, as odd as well. And he echoed my sentiments regarding this. These same cats talk a lot of shit about America. But when China gets on some gangster shit and says, man, any speech condemning national sovereignty, we don't consider that shit freedom of speech. So all that bullshit you kick in America, if you really want this bag over here, you got to shut the fuck up and dribble. All right, kick it, Donald Trump. 
And I watch uh, this guy, Steve Kerr, and he was like a little boy. He was so scared to be even answering the question. He couldn't answer the question. He was shaking. Oh, 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 I don't know. But they talk badly about the United States. But when it talks about China, they don't want to say anything bad. I thought it was pretty sad, actually. Capitalism first, democracy second. Point blank. ridiculous letter from older Penn State University alumnus. A Penn State football player took to Twitter on Monday to post a letter received by one of his teammates, a meandering bit of nonsense about hair length, dress code, and modern day celebratory trends. Here's the letter. Dear Jonathan, my wife and I are proud older graduates of Penn State. We follow all Penn State sports, football, wrestling, volleyball, gymnastics, basketball. We love it all. I played all the sports in my younger days, still played full court basketball into my 50s. Loved the competition, but never had the size or the talent to reach your level, though the desire was there. Though the athletes of today are certainly superior to those in my days, we miss the clean-cut young men and women from those days. Watching the Idaho game on TV, we couldn't help but notice your, well, awful hair. Surely there must be mirrors in the locker room. Don't you have parents or a girlfriend who've told you those shoulder-length dreadlocks look disgusting and are certainly not attractive? We congratulate you on your game against Pitt. But you need to remember you represent all Penn Staters, both current and those alumni from years past. We will welcome the reappearance of dress codes for athletes. You will certainly be playing on Sunday in the future, but we have stopped watching the NFL due to the disgusting tattoos, awful hair, and immature antics in the end zone. Players should act as though they've been, quote, there before for the glory signed David Peterson okay we know what this is about this is an old white guy who played at Penn State he's an alumni and he's watching the game now when you watch football it's not about cosmetics these motherfuckers got on helmets it's about athleticism and the actual game spectator sport and these players these brothers have taken the game to a new level. So it's some haterism and insecurity in this guy's letter because he can't imagine himself playing this same sport because these cats took it to a new level. So if you're watching football, it's about football. It's not cosmetics. So what that motherfucker got on dreads? Dreads is blackness and it's not dreads, it's locks. So if he chooses to wear his hair in locks, as long as he's making the tackle or the throw, his hair doesn't matter. Why are you watching the game for cosmetics? This is an old hater. Pay no attention to this. Throw that letter in the garbage and laugh at this old hater. You hustle hard, stack paper. It's all right, y'all haters. 
Nah, I ain't had a brush with beef yet Some of y'all wake up hating and ain't brush your teeth yet I come through, haters gotta know that I am paid I be waving like I'm on the float at the parade Hola, bonjour, hi hater Takashi 69 has signed a new record deal with his old label worth a reported $10 million while in prison after testifying against former members of the notorious Nine Trey Bloods gang. According to TMZ, the controversial rapper Daniel Hernandez, a.k.a. Takashi 69 Signed with 10K Projects, Hernandez previously faced 47 years in prison on an array of racketeering charges that stem from his involvement with the Nine Trey Bloods. He has been behind bars since his arrest in November 2018. He'll receive a reduced sentence after testifying against former fellow members Harv and Nuke, who have since been found guilty on kidnapping and racketeering charges. What are your thoughts, Moody? Like I said, this was a Fed informant, and the reason why he got pinched is because, if you remember, it was some rape charge that he had on his neck. He had a rape charge on his neck, and they took him in. I think this is where everything began for this cat. They pinched him, they brought him in, and then he was let go, right? But now we understand he was let go for a reason to infiltrate this gang and to ensnare the gang members. And mission accomplished. He did his job and he provided substantial assistance to the government. So as a result of that, no time and he'll be out. And he will be rewarded with a lucrative record deal. He did his job. He snitched on everybody. He infiltrated a gang. This is what snitches do, and he will be protected out here. Al Sharpton snitched on a lot of dudes wearing wires, and as a result of that, he had an MSNBC talk show. So this is not unusual. He will be protected, and his name will grow. Homie, don't do that crime If you scared to tell I can't do that time I'm serious, be true to yourself, dog. You ain't gotta be a thug, do something else, dog. You know you ain't built like that So don't front, cause you can get killed like that Real talk, that's why niggas be snitching They been a bitch, them niggas wasn't built from them You wanna be a gangster, you wanna be a thug You wanna bust your gun, you wanna sell drugs When you get locked up, please don't snitch However much time you get I want your brothers to dig where we're coming from. Set your mind right here. I dug this from a young man out of New York. Brother, brother, lay it on me, lay it. The NCAA is the house that young black men built and yet have not been benefiting from the fruits of their labor. When they can take your likeness and go sell it to EA Sports and make video games, make it a bunch of money, and you ain't getting nothing. If I don't get paid, you shouldn't get paid. If you can get millions, I can get millions. NCAA has forcefully pushed back against the bill, saying it has the potential to kill amateur athletes 
athletics if it becomes law. That if you start paying student athletes out of the billions the NCAA is getting, if the athletes get anything, this will kill college athletics. So you're raping these young people financially. That's not killing college athletics. You're taking billions of dollars and leaving them in poverty. That's not hurting college athletics. But if you actually had to pay them, why that's going to hurt college athletics. But Article 12, which governs amateurism and athletic eligibility, is about to become especially important in California. Part of that article forbids student athletes from accepting compensation in exchange for allowing, quote, his or her name or picture to advertise, recommend, or promote directly the sale or use of a commercial product or service of any kind. The bylaws forbid sponsorships, but also activities like taking cash for photographs or monetizing social media channels. The NCAA has a general rule, with some exceptions, that players cannot participate in a college sport if they have agreed, quote, to be represented by an agent for the purpose of marketing his or her athletic ability or reputation in that sport. Now, the damn coaches are making millions and they're telling the kids, you have to do without. So they're in high school where they can't make money and then when they get to college where they can, they tell you, oh, you can't make it here either. So they condition you and tell you you're a bad person if you're a student who wants to make money. Even though you watch the schools making millions, a slave mindset has to be ingrained in you early. This is how diabolically wicked they are. The NCAA isn't even a a state organization. It's basically a cartel. There's nothing that they say that is legally binding. They are not a state institution. They're not part of any government. Understand that. So they're telling the athletes, no, it would be wrong for you to make money off your likeness, but the school can. This is beyond diabolically wicked. Yeah, that was my man Jason Black echoing my sentiments regarding the NCAA. Great commentary by my man. I don't know this cat, but I had to throw that in. Boom, boom, back, back, right in your face and make a motherfucker style switch right in your face. Boy, I'll punch you right in your face. Come on. This the jump off. How this nigga stay so hot? And ESPN News, apparently representatives for Colin Kaepernick say they have reached out to all 32 NFL teams about possible opportunities for the free agent quarterback, but have received, in quotes, little to no response. Kaepernick's representatives say he has not demanded a specific salary and that he still wants to play in the NFL. Not a single team, though, has brought Colin in for a workout, the statement said. Seattle brought Colin in for a visit but did not work him out. No other NFL team has interviewed or worked out Colin in the past three seasons, despite other false statements to the media to the contrary. In 25 years, I have never seen anything like it. Kaepernick, who turns 32 on November 3rd, has not played in the NFL since 2016 when he began protesting police brutality and racial injustice by kneeling during the national anthem. He opted out of his contract with the San Francisco 49ers in March 2017. Within the past two years, Kaepernick and safety Eric Reed filed grievances against the league through the National Football League Players Association, alleging collusion among legal owners to deny them jobs. Okay, it's time to put this shit in a smash about uh, Colin Kaepernick. I told y'all cats three years ago, this dude would never play in an NFL game. I said the NFL 
hit them off with some money. That means you got to get the fuck out of our way. We don't want to talk about you. You're bad for business. We are making it clear to you that we don't want you in our league because it is their league, right? So they don't want you. They're picking up people with lesser talent and you haven't played in three years. So they're not going to give you a job. So begging for the job isn't going to work. The agents are saying he'll take any kind of fucking salary. He'll be a backup. He'll be a kicker. Please let my guy in the fucking league. Jesus Christ, he keeps calling. He's hurting for bread. But I wouldn't want to play football at 32 years of age, man. That CTE shit is real. And motherfuckers out there hit hard. The NFL hit me with a nice bag of money. I'm going to invest that money and I'm going to go on speaking engagements. Surely he could command a nice bag to speak around the country about his experiences with the NFL. He could write a book shitting on the league, but the NFL put a gag order on this motherfucker. You got your money. It's time to think about something else, man. They not letting you play in their league. Breaking foolishness just came in over the wire. So when I get that call, we got to break into the content to discuss this bullshit. What did they say, Chocolatey Kick It? Well, the NBA nixes media availability for rest of China trip. In the wake of NBA Commissioner's Adam Silver's statement supporting Houston GM Daryl Morey's rights to free speech, the communist Chinese government already had shut down every press conference before and after the Nets' 114-111 to 111 win Thursday in Shanghai. We've decided not to hold media availability for our teams for the remainder of our trip in China, the NBA said in a statement. They have been placed into a complicated and unprecedented situation while abroad, and we believe it would be unfair to ask them to address these matters in real time. Back to you, Moody. Wow, isn't that the opposite of what we heard earlier this episode? The commissioner, Adam Silver, said, yo, we welcome all of our players and coaches to speak freely on political issues and social justice issues happening all over the world. This is what our league is about. And now he said, we not speaking to none of y'all motherfuckers. Because his job, Adam Silver, is to do the will of the owners. And remember what I said, capital capitulation. The bag is in jeopardy because the Houston Rockets general manager sent out a tweet standing for Hong Kong, which is in a fight with China. Hong Kong wants democracy. China is a communist regime. They say all that freedom of speech bullshit, it don't work in China. Talk to your man about sending that tweet. So what did they do? They made James Harden of the Houston Rockets and Russell Westbrook buck dance and apologize for something they didn't even do. Yeah, we apologize 
um, you know, you know, we love China. We love you know playing there. But that didn't work. So Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, who does the will of the owners, has to save the bag. So they sent him on the first thing smoking to buck dance in Beijing. But what concessions must Adam Silver make to China? Will the Chinese national anthem be played at NBA games in America? That's a possibility. He has to concede. He has to save the bag. That's why he's over there buck dancing. But it's good to see someone else buck dance instead of the black player. So that's the update. And they are no longer allowing their players and coaches and personnel to speak freely on political issues. Because I'm sure Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, and Greg Popovich, the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, are really disappointed that they can't, you know, stand in support of Hong Kong, who's fighting for human rights. And, you know, they always have a lot to say about human rights. These are human beings. It doesn't matter if they're in China or America. They're struggling for democracy. So this is right up their alley. I know they're disappointed. This time the third with G. Moody here, giving you an update on the NBA's fight with China. of knowledge knowledge reigns supreme the ignorant is ripped the smithereens what do you mean when you say i'm rebellious because i don't accept everything that you're telling us what are you selling us the creator dwelling us i sit in your unknown class where you're okay this is the third with g moody here live in harlem i heard an interesting conversation on the train man cats was talking about the media they said man it got to be some type of an agenda against the black male it seems like this media wants to show him feminized and they made some valid points. They said, yo, they got this motherfucker that won the Homecoming Queen Award. They parading this motherfucker around like he's a war hero. It seems like they have it in for the black male. They want to show him to be effeminate. They want to feminize him in public. And they didn't understand why it was being put out there so much, which is a fair question. And I got to thinking like, okay, what do I see when I walk around? Now, shit looks bugged out. It's like an explosion of different shit that I'm not really used to seeing. And then when you see regular dudes that you kind of grew up with that were more prevalent than there is now, I feel like Marlon Perkins from the Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom. Now, if you don't know this show, it used to come on back in the late 70s, 80s. And it would be, Marlon Perkins, the host, would be in nature and he would be commenting on, you know, things that he thought was endangered, but they still was around and it would shock him. So he would be whispering when he saw something that he thought was extinct, which is how I feel when I walk around this motherfucker. I feel like Marlon Perkins, man. You see some brothers that look like the brothers that you grew up with. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't know. Look at that. He's wearing Timberlands. This one has a Kango. I didn't think they still was around. My God, look at this one. Peggy Jeans, get a picture of that. Oh, he's walking with a Bebop. My God, I thought these people were totally gone. Please get video. They're not gonna believe this in the studio. 
that's how I feel when I walk around because shit has changed. So, before we sign off, G Moody is now the Marlon Perkins of podcasting. This is that the third with G Moody. Peace. The Total Black Experience in Sound, in Stereo.